0: inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word now here's david with reflections from the heart
1: welcome everyone to another session of reflections from the heart today is a beautiful day joined by rob longo tom terrace and tom deangelis welcome one and all Thanks David. Thanks, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts?
2: Absolutely. And uh, you know, at the end of the invitation of the Holy Spirit, we're just going to pray a beautiful prayer called the Prayer of Abandonment. You know, as we uh, just look back on our Lenten journey and just Jesus' walk and His passion and just everything about Jesus' uh, it's, it's all about abandonment so we can follow in his footsteps in the name of the father, father son, the son holy, holy spirit, spirit amen. amen come holy spirit fill our hearts with your love come holy spirit fill our conversations with your goodness and your truth and your beauty holy spirit fill the hearts of every single person that is listening right now please bless us protect us send your grace upon us thank you god for the gift of this day this moment this season that we're concluding thank you for the gift of of easter sunday which follows good friday for all those who will be gathering with family that uh, you know that might not see each other that often lord just ask you please to to send peace upon all of the gatherings over easter if there's any family discord or you know relationship challenges that uh, that just miracles resurrection of relationships happen thank you lord and we pray all this in jesus' name
3: amen. amen amen
2: so the prayer of abandonment Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all, I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer it to you with all the love of my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. Amen. Amen. amen.
1: In the, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today?
4: Yes. Uh, this is from the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, approached, rolled back the stone, and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. The guards were shaken with fear of him and became like dead men. Then the angel said to the woman in reply, Do not be afraid. I know that you are seeking Jesus the crucified. He is not here. For he has been raised just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Then they went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce this to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: Again, you hear the utterance twice here, Do not be afraid. You know, so many times fear is the greatest tactic of the enemy, to keep us silent to keep us imprisoned. So for me, I don't want to be afraid. I want to trust in the Lord in all things because that fear, when you do a little acronym to that, faith in the wrong kingdom, that fear, I just don't have an interest in that. I want to totally be in for the Lord, trust in him with my life, and then be able to share truth with love whenever he prompts me. So again, don't let fear bind you, constrict you, and enslave you and keep you silent from spreading that good news.
2: I think the more time we spend with with truth, with Jesus, you know, He is the way, the truth, and the life. Then uh, you know, I think he'll help take that fear away. You know, because it's over. I mean, like I said, just just in this little short gospel, David, you pointed out that "do not be afraid" is here twice, uh, but it's all throughout Scripture. "Do not be afraid, fear not." And and uh, for me, the more time I spend with Jesus, especially in adoration. And close to the sacraments, you know, going to mass and receiving Jesus um, every day if I can, and going to to, uh, to confession, you know, just that sacramental life and that life of of silence with the Lord in adoration really eases some of that that anxiety, that fear. If anybody hasn't had a chance in a while, or maybe ha- has never had an opportunity to experience a daily mass, if you if you can, just. Uh, you know, make that a, an Easter present to yourself and to our Lord. Just try you know, once a week. Just try to go in addition to your Sunday mass. Just go to a weekday mass. It's so beautiful. It's so quiet, um, and it's just a way to just take a deep breath, start your day, and uh, and and let the Lord melt melt away any fear you may have.
3: Yeah, you know, you, you're talking about daily mass, Rob. I remember um, uh, a pastor from that that Saint Joan of Arc from many years ago, Monsignor Bierster. Um, some people may remember him. But during Lent, everybody goes—not everybody, a lot of people go to daily Mass. And then uh, after Easter, the attendance drops dramatically. And he, toward the end of Lent, he every year he would preach about, look, you guys have been sacrificing. You've been coming every day. You're kind of in the habit, you know the best is yet to come, you know, the 40 days of Easter is when we celebrate, you know, it's kind of like they went through all the trouble to kind of prepare the meal, but then they didn't stay to eat it, you know, mm. so he used to preach that every year, and I don't forget, because a lot of people make that sacrifice, and they kind of put daily mass in, in the perspective of it's a sacrifice, it's difficult, it's suffering, it's trouble, it's mm. something I'll do for Lent, but after Lent's over, you know, just like I'm not going to eat chocolate for Lent, and then we gorge on Easter. You know, get the the uh, the, the bunny rabbits and the Hershey kisses, and but it's like, well, Lent's over now. I don't have to. I don't have to bother with mm. with with Jesus. And in wow. fact, that's the time when we really could. And that's what Monsignor used to preach all the time. He said, the best time is the celebration of Easter. You know, the flowers are here. You know, we can still smell the incense for a couple of days. Uh, Divine Mercy Sunday's coming up at the end of the week. You know, it's just a great time to, to continue to go to Mass. And uh, But, you know, people miss that, unfortunately. So
1: You know, the beauty also for me, Tom, is that the beginning of this starts out after the Sabbath, the first day of the week was dawning. For me, every day is a gift from God that I don't want to miss that opportunity to have that grateful heart to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the gift of this day. Help me to open this gift and live it in love so that I can truly be a reflection of you and in to the heavenly banquet. I think the big thing that the scripture verse teaches me is keep my eye on the end goal. The end goal is heaven. The eternal exchange of love where I'll be called by the Father someday when my earthly blip of a life, a blip on the radar screen of eternity is over, I get to be eternally with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, plus all of my brothers and sisters. It would take an eternity just to hear their stories. I always want to live my life with a grateful heart. Every day is a new gift. I'm going to ask the Lord to help me to open it, live it in love, and then keep my eye focused on the end game, heaven, eternally. I remember at Mass this morning, the priest said something so profound. He said, you know, the greatest tragedy in life is when a person rejects the gift of Jesus Christ and the gift of sainthood. Because every human being was created and destined for eternity with God the Father in heaven. But we were given this gift, the gift of free will. And when we choose to hold on to bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, and we choose to reject the gift that Jesus paid, the gift of his life on the cross, that gift that sets us free and gets us eternity with God, it's the entrance to it. When we reject that, that's the greatest tragedy, because we were created and destined for greatness, for union with God for all eternity. But with the gift of free will comes the consequence of our free will choice. So, boy, I always want to say yes. I always want to be surrendered. I want to do, you know, do like Mary did. You know, she said, I'm the servant of the Lord, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your will. I want to replicate what my brother Jesus did in his worldly life, you know, and just be be all set on doing the will of the Father. That's my goal every day. And then watch how God will use me. And always give thanks and praise and honor to Him in how He chooses to do that.
2: Yeah, David, when you're talking about the blip, you know, our, our life is on a— On the radar screen yeah, of life. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was thinking about our our brother Todd, who, who was with us here at Stewardship for a number of years before he was called home to the Lord. And um, and he would he would talk about that. You know, he was only 44 when he died, and you know, he would put out a, like a long line on a, on a chalkboard at a school and just put a little dot— in in that. And he said, that's you know, this is eternity. It goes on infinitely and, and this is us, this little dot. And then just the other day I was watching I think it was the uh I think it was the college basketball awards, like the Heisman Trophy version, you know, for college basketball. And, and they had a Julius Irving Award, Doctor J. You guys remember Doctor J? Yeah, yeah. And uh Doctor J was talking about the dash on your tombstone. You know, that that little know that dash like what what does that dash say that you know we don't want to waste because it's small even if it's 100 even if it's 100 years it's it's such a small amount of time and it's the only time that we have to truly prepare for our eternal home uh so there's just so much time that i waste with just doing stuff or wearing or watching tv or or not being as organized as i as i could be not engaging in the present moment like i should and um you know i just heard recently, it's not like we go out and say, okay, I'm going to waste this month. It's like each like moments that we waste accumulating over time. It's like, man, we just lost a week of life. You know, if you yeah. add all this together. You know, so, you know, that blip, David, as you call it, or the dash, like Dr. J was saying, it's uh, it's such a gift, All right, It's to be lived to the fullest and then to be lived as a gift for others.
1: And what the Lord's really been teaching me this last three weeks is just when you're in the spirit, being led by the spirit, it's amazing the promptings you'll get to affirm people in their gifts, to compliment them on how they look, to lift them up, to not get angry. So for the past three weeks, it's just been flowing out of me. But what I get in return is what money can't buy. This sense of joy in my heart as I hear a young lady's face or see a young lady's face light up when I compliment on her on her dress or on her hairstyle – they light up like little girls, you know, and then when you've affirmed people in their gifting and the gift they've been to you, so we're so good at pointing out people's negatives. Mm. Stop it, stop it. We all are, fall short of the glory of the Lord. We all have our idiosyncrasies let's stop and ask the Lord to help see us see the good in people, affirm them, lift them up, compliment them, don't gossip, don't tear them down, and you'd be amazed how. Your world will change around you, and then the people that you touch, their world will change. So be instruments of changes.
3: Yeah, yeah David, I was uh, listening to one of our uh, Lighthouse uh, CDs this week. Father uh, Robert Spitzer, I think it is, and he was talking about. He's a philosopher, and he was talking about the, these four levels of happiness. And one of the things that he brought out, he quoted another philosopher. I think it was a French philosopher, Marcel. He said, it's impossible to simultaneously think of a person's flaws and their good points at the same time, hmm. either one or the other. One, uh, one overshadows the other, but you can't do both at the same time, That's so... Right. so you know, we have this sense of, you know, there's, when, we, when we see people's flaws, somehow or another we're being realistic when we point them out or, you know, truthful. Somehow or another we glorify mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, my experience has been exactly the same. When you eclipse the bad things with the good things, you really get people to do the same. I mean, they start acting that way. That is, you draw the good out of them. And the more good they do, the less time they have for doing irritating things deceitful, you know, negative things. And you actually help draw that out of people. And I found that over the years that my spirituality, I I try to reflect on this regularly. I can't say I've internalized it yet, but it should be oriented toward my relationship with God and my understanding that he is so giving and so loving and so forgiving, and that that's my gift to other people, exactly what you're doing, lifting people up. And I like to try to remember it, but I don't always. And then hopefully now I catch myself more often when I'm... I'm not being that way, but it's not even a matter of being negative to people. It's a matter of just not being positive, of not lifting them up. Because even the neutral is not of God, you know. Like we got, like Jesus says, you got to be hot or cold, you know, not lukewarm. Yeah, lukewarm's just like bad.
2: Well, I wonder if there's if there's anywhere in that talk that he talks that he, Father Spitzer mentions, uh, the last virtue to attain is the virtue of, of truly being happy for the success of others, where like you really. Oh, are yeah. so happy and and just filled with joy for the success of others. Like just you know, and they say that's that's one of the last virtues to attain. Um, yeah, so I wonder if he touches on that. And I don't know why I was thinking about this, Tom, when you were talking. I was thinking about just habits, and uh, I think you said you need to crowd out. Like if people, if, if you're if you're doing some some bad things, like kind of replace them. What's good? Yeah, yeah or, or
3: actually when you when you acknowledge, like as David was talking about, you acknowledge people's good points, you draw more of those out. I mean, people respond to that, and the more good they do, the less time. I mean, we only have moments, yeah. like you said. The more of those moments that are filled up with good things and they're passing that on to other people and they're feeling um, uplifted because of what you've done for them, the less time they have yeah. to be negative or critical or mm-hmm. sarcastic or whatever else they, they might be. Yeah. But you, uh, you, help, you help eclipse that when uh, you bring
2: that. And I was, when you were sharing that, I was thinking of just, just habits in general. Uh, so when you, bring the, when you point the good in someone else, it draws more of that good out. And right now in our family, we're, we're in a habit of, of watching TV at night. And it's just like a little bit's not bad, but it's, just, it's getting to the point where it, and it just deadens. Like you walk into a room, and yeah. it's just like a bunch of zombies yeah. watching. And, and I, I can't stand when I come home. And they're, everybody's just in front of the TV, and and but lately I've been just complaining about it instead of offering an alternative. So I've been really praying about just crowding it out mm-hmm. with something more virtuous, something yeah. that's you know that's good and and you know brings people together and and a game or do something and instead of just being like oh come on you guys TV again. So it's just like a broken record. Yeah, uh,
3: it's interesting you point that out because I've often thought over the last eight or ten years that the increase in the uh, you know the apocalypse and the zombie you know movies and tv programs and stuff coincide with another uh, experience where people spend more and more time in front of a screen and now we talk about binge watching series of programs and being on the internet, you, know, you can get television programs and entertainment on YouTube and all different venues there's a correlation between that zombie experience that mm-hmm. you had so it's people are identifying with that because they're they're living it and they don't they don't even realize that they're living the zombie life because they're watching zombie reruns for ten hours a day you know mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's like a self fulfilling prophecy you know well, and the thing
1: of it is what my spiritual director really helped me out with that is. I would go to the television to anesthetize myself. I'd say, oh, Mm -hmm. I just want to dumb myself down. I just want to veg out. But you understand I'm replacing God, who is the answer, who is the source of life, with something that just basically anesthetizes my day's journey. And it's not healthy. And it's an absolute waste of the most precious gift that can't be bought, the gift of time. But you know what the Lord's had me do is pick up the phone, call my daughter, let her know I love her. You know, pick up the phone, call my son, let him know I love her. You know, pick up the phone, call this person. I went last week and visited a really good friend of mine, Peter, who's, who's very, very ill. And if everyone could lift him up in, in prayer, that would be awesome. And I sat with him almost two hours. It was precious. When I left, the Lord put in my heart, he said, David, The greatest gift you could give today was the gift of your two hours Mm. to Peter. Mm. And I mean, I felt such joy in my heart because I brought this man joy. And I'm like, "But, but he also gave back that gift to me. That's the fingerprints of God. When we go outside of ourselves and we give our life away as a living sacrifice, not begrudging me, Lee, but just to give it as a gift. And we sat around and we chit-chatted and we laughed and we talked and we dreamed it was precious. No amount of money could have bought it and yet it was the greatest gift that I
3: could have given. And, and you know, David, um I've often thought this, and again, you know, to your point, Rob, I wish I could make it a habit, but I've often thought that God's greatest gift to us is that experience that we have when we share ourselves that that unreservedly with another person, and we miss it because it's hidden in our going out to another person. Mm-hmm. That's God's greatest gift to us. You know, we turn to God and say, let's have a personal experience here. And really what he's saying is, go have it with somebody <laughs> else and then you'll feel me. Then you'll know me. Then you'll get to know, because that's what I do, you know. And so that, that to me, the, those are experiences that are precious. I have that with my dad once in a while, you know. I go into the nursing home and we'll just sit for an hour or two. And he's in and out of being disoriented. So when he is clear and we can talk about things, it's just a great experience. We're getting to know each other at a level that we didn't know each other before, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's where, you know, we keep asking God, God, show me your face, show me your face. It's in other people. That's where that's right. we have we're, the experience of God. Yeah. We're yeah. created
1: in God's image yeah. and
3: likeness. Right. So we're called to see
1: Christ in the other. And that's yeah. where Jesus. Jesus, hanging from the cross does it the best I mean beyond any human experience when he looks down at all the people that have condemned him nailed him to the cross mocked him falsely accused him jeered at him all these things he looks down what does he do he says father forgive them for they know not what they do and then he says he thirsts yeah. he thirsts for each and every one of those accusers condemners jeers mockers Why? Because every human being was created by God, destined to be in eternity with Him in the ever exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that great ache of Jesus' heart when He's nailed to the cross is that ache for each and every one of those people that betrayed Him. He didn't condemn them. He didn't carry anger, bitterness, resentfulness, he didn't do it. And so that's the example Jesus gives us. And I just met with someone today that that was carrying unforgiveness. I said, do you realize you are in the prison cell and you'll not get out until you use the key? And the key is Jesus Christ. He paid the price. He wants to set you free. But you have the free will choice to stay in the cage. And the guy, it was like a, a, one of those light bulb moments, you could see it. He was like, you know, I said, because those people you haven't forgiven and you're still angry with, they're not saying or doing anything. They don't even know that they're hurting you. Because why? Because you're hurting yourself. You're choosing to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus mm-hmm. Christ said, I paid the price to set you free, and you're rejecting the gift. So that's a yeah, good yeah. lesson for yeah. each of us.
2: And when we do that, just getting back to the one line here Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. When we forgive others, where Jesus is going to meet us on our way. And Tom, you're talking mm-hmm. about b- hanging out with your dad and going to a nursing home. And when we get get outside of ourselves, because usually we don't feel like doing it. You know, who really feels like forgiving somebody that that hurt um, you? Who, yeah, you know, I'm, who, I'm
3: embarrassed who, to say that's true. Yeah, Sometimes like, I don't feel like.
2: Yeah, yeah. But then afterwards, the gift, like you said, think earlier, Dave, like after yeah. that visit you had, the gift that God gives us is that gift of of that peace and that joy of that experience, because we. We're met by Jesus right. along the way. And that visit to a friend, visit in a nursing home, the act of forgiveness, whenever we do that, whenever we come outside of ourselves, Jesus meets us on the way.
1: And a key thing for that, Rob, is keep in communications, come in union, communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and ask God the questions. Ask him the questions, like like a man just invited me Friday morning to go to a group meeting. And I paused and I took it to the Father. And then I remembered, I promised my wife, I was going to wake up with her, give her a foot massage, have breakfast, breakfast in the room with her. And I said, you know what, sir, I can't do that. I can't do that supposed work of the church. I'm going to be with my wife. I'm going to be with Mm -hmm. God's daughter. And I got a special date with her. And so when we keep in that communion, that common union with God, the Holy Spirit will continue to guide us, continue to prompt us, continue to lead us to put the, our lives in priority order because you said it Tom that you know these zombies and these things these are people that have stones rolled over their tombs they're spiritually yeah. dead Jesus Christ. And God sends people to help us roll back the stones. You know, here it's spoken of as an angel, but he sent Mary and Martha to go help out. So God sends people to help us roll back the the, the stone that covers the tomb of our hearts, which are dead spiritually, so that he can breathe his life into us, that he can heal those wounds. But we have our free will choice. I want to be out. I want to be set free. I want to receive the gift that Jesus offers to me. But It's always our free will choice. But, man, when we get set free, I'm telling you, it says here there was an earthquake. When I got set free, my (laughs) world was shaken. And you know what? I'm a new creation in Christ. I am who I am today because of what he did in my life. And I share the story again and again to help set others free.
4: And, yeah, this— gospel just uh, reminds me of like belief and faith like and we see like in the beginning with the the angel appears and the guards fall over as dead and i get the sense that they didn't believe at all they're just doing their job you know guarding this tomb of this guy who died and here's this angel appears yet the the women don't faint or fall over or anything because they already had that belief that su- mm-hmm. belief in the supernatural that you know god can do anything or or they just knew that jesus you know was gonna you know not die forever and so uh uh, this just speaks to me of all like um faith in our life that we need to be open to like supernatural Mm -hmm. uh, occurrences in our life to to be to know that god can you know work in our life and not be like you know these these guards who were just appearing to be spiritually dead Yeah, like like zombies, the living dead, yeah.
1: Another key point here, I love this, it says, then they went away quickly from the tomb. How many of us want to stay in the past and live live in the tomb and wallow Mm. in the tomb? Oh, do you know what this person said? Do you know what that person said? Do you know what the person did? Stop it. I love what Father George says. The past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. God doesn't live in the past. It's only a trap of the enemy to rob the gift of the present moment, which is a gift from God to be open and lived in love. He also says the future. So many of us live in the future roller coaster ride. What if this? What if he gets elected? What if she gets elected? What if this happens? What if that happens? Stop it. He said God doesn't live in the future. That's in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. It's another trap of the enemy to rob and steal the gift of the present moment. The gift of the present moment is a gift from God to be opened and lived in love. In this Easter season, ladies and gentlemen, let's receive Christ into our heart. Let the stone be rolled back. Let him heal our wounds so that we too can be a new creation in Christ and run with joy and glee to tell our friends and be the world changers we are created to be. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.